Hey, milkshakers, listen, sun's out, bun's out, and hopefully any stray hairs are also not out. Don't worry, our friends at Manscaped have got you covered. They've just launched their fourth-generation performance package. The fourth-generation trimmer has this advanced skin-safe technology so that, you know, you don't have to worry about all those ingrown hairs or snags on your boys before beach season. You know what I'm talking about, Rain. There you have it. So, folks, get 20% off and free shipping when you use the code milkshake at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping, and all you got to do is use the code MILKSHAKE when you go to manscaped.com. So tame that summer swamp in your pants with Manscaped. And yes, I just said that. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Metaphysical Milkshake, the show where we go deep, we get weird, and we search for the meaning of life along the way. Presented by Cast Media and Soul Pancake. Hi there, I'm Rain Wilson. And I'm Reza Aslan, and this is Metaphysical Milkshake. Don't you mean I'm Dr. Reza Aslan? I, yeah, I mean, I guess, but I suppose. Come on, don't be shy, Mr. Smarty Pants. Let's go. <laughs> For everyone tuning in, Reza doesn't talk about it a lot, but he is actually a doctor, a PhD. Right. Um, speaking of which, I have this sure. weird rash I want to show you. No, no, well, wait keep till your, after no, the show. keep your shirt on. I'm not that kind of a doctor, as you well know. It says it on your Wikipedia page, which I read all the time and I update constantly. No, no, no I, I'm not, I'm not like a, I'm not like a doctor, like the way Dr. Oz is a doctor, by which I don't mean I am, you know, a snake oil salesman. Uh, I'm, I'm a different, I'm the useless kind of doctor. I'm okay. a, a PhD in sociology. Oh, means dear I can't Lord, really help what anybody. a waste of time. Okay, listen, <laughs> yes, potato, is. potato, listen, you're, you got edu an education, <laughs> a serious education. Mm -hmm. You're one of the wisest people I know. Well. So I'm still going to show you my rash. <laughs> So as much as as much as I want to see your rash, uh, you you don't don't confuse uh, education with wisdom, right? I mean that's that's a they're they're two completely different things. Just because you're educated does not mean that you are wise. What? Oh, that, yes. No, nope, there's a there is yes, my friend. I know this is a this is a revelation to you, but there is a difference between simply being erudite and uh, and being wise. And in fact. Okay. Even though, even though I am smart enough to use big words like erudite, uh, frankly, if I were to be honest with myself, not that wise. Okay. Yeah. No, that is making sense. I'm putting the puzzle pieces together because didn't over your kids' spring break, you guys, or a little while ago, you purchased a 33-year-old RV and then decided <laughs> to go on a cross-country trip? With the wife and the four children, mm -hmm. and then mm -hmm. the brakes fell mm -hmm. off, and the engine mm -hmm. imploded, and you yeah. were stranded stranded in Bakersfield for two yes. weeks during that uh, said spring break. Almost everything you said was right, except that it was a forty year old RV, and we got stranded in Vacaville. But yes, that's a very good case in point, right there. Okay, yes. there. Wow, <laughs> you are so unwise, Reza. Oh my I God! You, thank you. There's such a distinction between intelligence and wisdom. So, what is wisdom? Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. So, what is wisdom? What is it? How do you get it? Can you find it in a fortune cookie? And why has Western civilization, which values information and intelligence and knowledge, seem to have disregarded this very important concept of wisdom? Yes, very good question. And one that I don't have the answer to, as mm-hmm. I have already clearly uh, demonstrated. Uh, this is all way too complex for my limited cerebral cortex. Yes. So we need someone else, someone way wiser than either of us uh, that will help us wrap our heads around it. And I think I think we, you and I both know the right person for this, don't we? Mike Pence. <laughs> How about journalist, author, and now entrepreneur, Krista Tippett? Oh, Krista Tippett. Much better idea. She is the host of the hugely popular public radio program and podcast, On Being. Her books include... Einstein's God, Conversation About Science and Human Spirit, and Becoming Wise. She wrote a book on wisdom, an inquiry into the art of living. She's got a uh, a National Humanities Medal from uh, President Barack Obama. Wow. Kind of a big deal, I suppose. That's a big deal, yeah. And now she has this new app that we're going to talk about, the On Being app, where, you know, you can just kind of uh, engage uh, with the... The wisdom of her many, many years hosting one of the most popular uh, NPR programs uh, about life and and the big questions. Basically, we are just a knockoff of On Being. I mean, we might as well just admit that. We're a pale comparison. We're a cheap cheap knockoff. Yep. Without further ado, uh, let's bring on our guest, Krista Tippett. Krista Tippett, welcome to Metaphysical Milkshake. I'm glad to be with wow. you. Wow. I, I have to say, like, just hearing your voice and seeing your face is such a thrill for me because uh, I think, you know, I'm just the hugest fan of your show. I've I, I've heard at least two-thirds of every episode that you've done. And I don't mean <laughs> mm-hmm. two-thirds of the way through. I mean two-thirds of the actual recorded episodes. Mm. But uh, I've I just, listened to two-thirds of, of my episode. And <laughs> <that's>, <laughs> right. I Oddly enough, I'd skipped Reza's episode. <laughs> Thanks. I'm but, nervous. Are you nervous? I feel a little nervous interviewing Krista Tippett like about, you know, life and spirituality and existential issues. Uh, you know, I, I really feel like I got to be on my on my best game here. Krista, welcome to the show. I'm really longtime listener, first time caller and uh, excited to be speaking to you about this. And when we first brought you up as a possible subject to discuss wisdom, our, our thinking was, oh, this is such an exciting tapestry that Krista Tippett has, has spoken to dozens or hundreds of the wisest people on the planet. And I'm just thrilled to be having this conversation. But before we get to that, because um, we want to dig into the root of what wisdom is, I'm going to turn the tables on you a little bit and ask you the first question that you always pose to your guests, which is, what kind of religious or spiritual environment did you grow up in? Oh, take that. <laughs> my my grandfather was a Southern Baptist preacher. And I grew up in an immersive religious environment. I was in church three times a week. And only Southern Baptists were going to heaven. Not even Methodists. Wow. <laughs> well, Those obviously. Stan uh, <laughs> so, I mean, Methodists. Just forget about everyone else. Yeah. My grandfather was a really complicated character. He... He was passionate, and he was terrified of passion. He had a beautiful mind, and he had a second-grade education, and he hadn't really been invited to bring his mind, his, the life of his mind, to religion. And um, I've moved so far away from that religious sensibility, but there's a lot that I that 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 formed me, and there's a way in which I sometimes feel like. I ask these questions I ask and speak to scientists and speak to people of many traditions and and speak about uh, speak to people who are not religious about 
crafting lives of meaning. And I kind of, I feel like I do that on behalf of my grandfather who would never have dared uh, ask those questions. Yeah, I mean, that religious world of my childhood was all about answers. It wasn't just about answers, but it was hugely defined by answers. And to me, what became fascinating is the questions that are behind, that animate this part of life and that animate the traditions and that animate human beings. So that background is in me, but in some ways I, I, um, I feel like I'm going where it didn't go, at least that world of my childhood. That reminds me of that famous uh, Rilke quote about uh, loving the questions themselves. You have listened to my show because I, I quote Rilke just about every other episode. Oh, you guys in your Rilke. He is my namesake, Krista. Rain, uh, my my dad wanted to name me Rainer after Rainer. I Mar- wanted to name my son Rainer. Going to the quote itself, uh, try to love the questions themselves mm. as if they were locked rooms or books written in a very foreign language. Yes. Don't search for the answers which could not be given you now because you would not be able to live them. And the point is to live everything. Live the questions now. Perhaps then, someday far in the future, you will gradually, without even noticing it, live your way into the answer. That seems very relevant. Yeah, live your way to the answer. I love that. Well, it also seems very relevant to this moment we inhabit. I think what what we're faced with, what we're coming out of the last year with are big aching open questions that have no answers yet that we have to and you know I, that that uh, so Rilke you know Rilke was also a turn of century person he was he was a, an, a citizen of the last early century which also had its huge tumult behind and ahead um, and yeah I think the piece of it that I've lived into lived into because um, I always oh, speak like that because I that that saying is so important to me, is that when we don't have the answers, we are called to live the questions and hold the questions and love the questions. And that's never felt more true to me than it does in 2021. You're right, Rain. It's like a perfect segue into the topic of this conversation, which is what is wisdom? And and, you know, I'm, there's a million answers to that question. And obviously, you're here because we want to understand your answer to it. You've thought about this a lot. You've spoken to so many wise people. You've written about the topic. Um, but just before we get diving into it, it does feel like so much about whatever wisdom is, is about learning to ask questions, right? And and being open to to the possibility of, of there not necessarily being an answer. It's something we know, something we've all experienced in life. It's also true in science that the quality of our answers is very much determined by the quality of the questions we're asking. I mean, culturally, we're not very patient with dwelling with questions. But I think that's a very, it's a common experience if we look back I mean, so, you know, I wrote this book called Becoming Wise a few years ago, and I realized after the book was finished that I had not, in the entire book, defined wisdom. So I did come up with a definition. Okay, let's do that. This is great. This is a great opportunity. So what what is is wisdom? wisdom? Yeah. How do we we recognize wisdom? I think wisdom is different from knowledge or accomplishment, although a wise person can be knowledgeable and accomplished. Um. Because those are possessions. Those are things you can point at and quantify. I think, though, wisdom is measured by the imprint a person makes on the world around them. So that, that, that's, that, and I, and I, again, I think we all, if you ask anyone to cast their mind to who are the, who are the wise people in the worlds you've inhabited, what you think of is their presence and what you think of is how that life radiated around them. And these are often, you know, these, there are people like this in every, in every world, large and small. They're not necessarily famous people. They're not necessarily officially wise people. Um, 
they're everywhere, right? This Einstein had this language of spiritual geniuses, and he was talking about the Buddha and Moses and Jesus and St. Francis of Assisi. And, and Reza, obviously. There are also spiritual geniuses of the everyday. And, uh, and that's another way to think, I think, about the wise people we've experienced. You uh, referred uh, previously, and you had a great quote about how uh, everyone grows old, but not everyone grows wise. Some people just grow old. <laughs> you, you believe that wisdom is attainable. And I, and I often talk to people, when I talk about spirituality, I always talk about like, you know the old people that's like the grumpy old guy who's like, get off my lawn, and who's racist and closed-minded. Like we know that those, we've met those types before, usually in Trader Joe's parking lots. And then, <laughs> um, and then there's the wise, the wise, loving old person who seems to have had their heart expanded and uh, give love and radiate something. And it's a very clear that there are these two paths, but you believe that it's attainable. What do we do to uh, turn into option number two? What do we do to attain that kind of wisdom? Well, sadly, there's not a 10-point plan. Um, and I really you know it's, it's really, it's life to life, moment to moment. Um, the circumstances are going to be different, but it's about the quality of your presence. And, you know, another thing that we're learning, and I love that we're learning this through science, is that, you know, basically what, what we practice, we become, that, that the same thing is true of, you know, learning to play the piano or throw a ball, that we can actually practice qualities of character. Hmm. Um, you don't, I, I, I think people have, in the 20th century grew up thinking that you, you know, you're born a hospitable person or a patient person or a loving person or a compassionate person. I think people still have that idea. This, this is something that goes wrong with when we put wise people up on pedestals. Um, but what we're learning now is, you know, you can actually cultivate qualities of character. You can, you can decide to act like a patient person and you can therein become more patient. You can act like a hospitable person or a compassionate person and you're actually creating muscle memory. And, you know, I don't think the wise, that wise grandmother, you know, I don't, I, I, I don't think that's not, that's not always the path people have taken of um, gritting their teeth and <laughs> because that's what that sounds like. Um, but I, I think it is a, you know, maybe you could say it's a vision of what kind of person you want to be and what kind of world you want to live in. And, and then you could also say that, that you live into that question, that possibility. You know, CBD isn't about what you feel. It's about what you don't feel. Stress, anxiety, pain, all that bad stuff. I tried the Feels, Feels brand CBD oil, and man, did it help me sleep. Sometimes I just simply cannot go to bed. My brain is bouncing around like a bunch of monkeys in a popcorn popper. And it really helped a lot. Feels is a premium CBD that will help keep your head clear and feel your best. It's hassle-free. It's delivered directly to your door. CBD naturally helps reduce stress, anxiety, pain, and sleeplessness. There's no hangover or addiction. All you got to do is place a few drops of Feels under your tongue and you'll feel the difference within a few minutes. And the thing to remember about CBD is that finding your right dose is super important. And everybody's dose is going to be different. My dose is going to be different than Rain's dose, mainly because he's twice my size. In fact, Feels offers a free CBD hotline to help guide your personal experience so that you can find your perfect dose. The Feels customer service team is dedicated to making sure you get the best use of your CBD. So... All you got to do is join the Feels Monthly Membership, and that makes your self-care easy. You'll save money on every order, and you can pause or cancel at any time. So, Reza, here's the important stuff. Start feeling better today with Feels. Become a member by going to feels.com slash milkshake, and you'll get 50% off your first order with free shipping. That's right, Reza. That's feels, F-E-A-L-S dot com slash milkshake to become a member and get 50% automatically taken off your first order with free shipping. Feels.com slash, what is it? Milkshake. 
I'm not supposed to be doing ads with my mouth full, but this ad is for the Monk Pack Keto Granola Bars, and I just can't stop eating them. They are so good. You know, healthy snacks, they've got a bad reputation. Let's be honest, most don't taste very good, they don't fill you up, and they don't satisfy your craving. You know, Monk Pack Keto Granola Bars contain just one gram of sugar, two to three grams of net carbs, and they're only 140 calories gluten-free, grain-free, plant-based, non-GMO, no soy, trans fat, sugar, alcohols, or artificial colors. They're great for anyone who's following a keto lifestyle, but they're also the perfect snack for anybody who's just trying to eat better or cut back on sugar and carbs without sacrificing taste. I'm not joking when I say I'm obsessed with these bars and I eat, I would have to say, way more than I'm supposed to. I sent up to a subscription to my favorite flavors and that saved me 10% on every order. And also, they ship it to me automatically. Get 20% off your first purchase of any Monk Pack product by visiting monkpack.com and entering our code MILKSHAKE at checkout. And Monk Pack is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. If you don't like it for any reason, they'll exchange the product or refund your money, whichever you prefer. To get started, just go to M-U-N-K-P-A-C-K, monkpack.com, and select any product, then enter the code MILKSHAKE at checkout to save 20% off your purchase. Monk Pack, delicious, nutritious food you can count on. Mm. Thank you, Monk Pack, for sponsoring this podcast and keep the bars coming. So, you know, you're um, obviously a spiritual person. Um, you write and talk a lot about spirituality and all of its various manifestations. I wonder... Do you find there to be a connection uh, between wisdom and spirituality? And what, and what, the, what is that connection, do you think? Yes. My most succinct definition of spiritual life at its best is that it is about befriending reality. Well, okay, tell me more. That sounds, <laughs> that's, that sounds that's, awesome. Yeah, I want more I, of that. I want to befriend reality. I want to befriend reality. And not just because I don't have that many friends. <laughs> That's not why. <laughs> I'm not interested in spiritual abstraction. Uh, I'm not interested in. Uh, I'm not interested in spirituality that doesn't. Yeah, like yeah. So in the way that I care about lives that in, that imprint other lives. Faith without works. Yeah, faith without works. That's the way to say it. Um, but even, I don't know. You know, you can be deeply, deeply. Yes, right. You can be so you can be very spiritual and very narcissistic, right? And I'm just I'm not interested in that. I think spirit our spiritual traditions at their best spiritual life um, helps you inhabit reality in all its complexity and gives you tools for moving gracefully with that. And you know where where our culture is constantly trying to help us be more perfect or overcome obstacles. Um, spiritual life says whatever happens to you um, in, 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 within that, um, there is growth and learning possible that you, you know, you walk in it and through it and you let it become part of your wholeness rather than overcoming and vanquishing what is hard about reality. And so, wise lives befriend reality. They do. They, you know, the people you know who are wise are not people who haven't had anything bad happen to them, right? The wisest, many of the wisest people, the wisest famous people we could think of are people to whom the worst has happened. And they're not wise in spite of that. They have become wise through it. We found a great quote of yours. You said, tough-minded spirituality is important to me. It's not fluffy and abstract. It is real. Hope is a muscular thing. I just love that quote. And what you're talking about now is oftentimes very wise people have gone through tremendous pain and suffering, and somehow they have transformed it into wisdom. So how do you take pain and suffering and transform it uh, in that direction and not into the grumpy old man in the Trader Joe's parking lot direction. 
who has probably also suffered because suffering can also make our hearts harder and colder and smaller. Yeah, the grumpy old man has gotten old, has gotten smaller and smaller, has shielded themselves, has not faced their demons. Um or asked of what went wrong or what was hard. And you're right. I mean, there's something heroic in this too. There's something mysterious and magical in how human beings do this. And and it's almost insulting when you think about how many people are going through unimaginable, just leading, living in unimaginable conditions to the three of us um, to talk about growing through hardship. And yet it is such a mysterious thing about our world that some of the people who um, live in hardship or live through hardship teach, become teachers about um, this, this reality. Well, they're making an imprint, like you were saying. They're making an imprint. Right? They're, they're imprinting the lives of, of those around them. There's mystery in this. It's not, it's, not, it's not simple, you know? And it's even hard to talk about for this reason. Because mm. it's not like you want... Like, I want bad things to happen to people so they get wise. Isn't it interesting how, probably for all three of us, some of the hardest experiences we have ever had in our lives we're now imminently grateful for? Yes. While at the time it was sheer torture. Mm -hmm. And we wished like nothing else to be out of it. And how sometimes the things that went really right for you turned out to be just terrible, right? And again, as you say... Also, hopefully, you can look back later and say, I'm glad I went through that because it pointed me in this other way I needed to walk. Hmm. Well, can I, can I ask you a question that you would normally ask someone who would have said something? Give an example. <laughs> yeah, one of your, yeah, one of your listeners, uh, which is, yeah, without necessarily, you know, revealing too much, uh, can you point to a, a, a something that very specific that you, some wisdom that you gained from hardship that has allowed you to then imprint that wisdom onto others, especially, of course, I mean, you've grown kids. So I imagine that's very important part of, um, you know, who you are as a, as a parent and as a person. Yeah. I suppose the thing that comes to mind is, um, in my mid thirties, I had a really serious clinical depression and, uh, of course, (laughs) Yeah, it's a perfect example because if you had told me, I mean, at the time, you know, it's this experience of I just wanted out of that dark place, right? And I and the thing about depression is you can't even imagine that there's a beyond of it. It's not right. It's not that you can't even get there. It's you can't imagine that there's a beyond of it. Um, and I don't wish that for anyone, but it's also true at this point that I don't think I could have done most of what I ended up doing that has felt like my life's work, uh, much less maybe Bennett, you know, (laughs) not that I don't think, I think parenting is constantly, you're one is constantly aware of how one is falling short. So I'm not saying I'm a good parent, but I would have been a less good parent. Um, if I hadn't learned everything that this depression, you know, it brought me to my knees for me, it was things that I needed to, um, see in my, uh, you know, things I just hadn't told the truth about and that my family hadn't told the truth about and the way I had survived really vigorously and kind of valiantly in a way, but, but driven myself into the ground. And, um, I am, I mean, I look back and think if I hadn't had that depression, I, I would have had a lesser life, which is an incredible thing. To say, even though I also have a sense of, you know, near escape. There's this, there's this thing that Brene Brown says that um, there's science about how hope is actually a function of struggle and that when people have not met adversity, one of the effects of that is that they become hopeless. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's powerful. That's powerful and weird. It's interesting because that um, I'm a member of the Baha'i faith, and one of the quotes on raising children is from the son of the founder of the Baha'i faith. And he says, quite simply, let your children 
become accustomed to hardship and adversity. Yeah. And it's like, wait, what? Because in contemporary society, it's like, let's helicopter away any yeah. hardship and adversity that a kid might be going through. But in a way, there's such a wisdom, wisdom behind what you're saying that um, having gone through adversity and come out on the other side gives you hope. Like, hey, we can go through really hard times and we can survive and we can even we can even thrive. And that what you just said is another, it's another way of saying befriend reality. Let them befriend reality. Reality has sharp edges. Reality is not waiting to coddle you and, and pave, a, <laughs> pave a, a seamless way forward for you. Yeah. So speaking of learning wisdom, um, and this is why I was so excited to have you on the show, is you have literally spoken to hundreds of the wisest people on the planet. I was thinking namely, and I forget the gentleman's name, he lived in France and he started the home for people with uh, mental issues and physical challenges. I can't remember. Oh, yeah, Jean Vanier and Xavier Le Pichon was another one who worked in those communities, Yeah. And it just comes so with such humility and kindness and sweetness and purity of spirit. It spent his entire life serving the less fortunate. Um, just incredibly beautiful discussions. But what have you learned, Krista? What did you glean from all of these dozens and dozens of conversations with, you know, Mary Oliver, Yo Yo Ma, Tanahisi Coates, goes on and on, monks. Reza Aslan. Reza Aslan. <laughs> uh, Reza Aslan. Oh, dear Lord, yeah. help us. Now, I don't even want to say, what did you learn from them? Because you could say, well, I had this quote or something like that. But what did you learn? Like, what? how have any of these conversations transformed your life and shifted how you are in the world? In experiencing people who are wise and, uh, and you know, admirable. Right, deeply admirable. Um, there's a there's a, a physical experience of them, which is of 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 strength and power, and tenderness and softness. And those things don't go together in our culture. It's a it's it's almost a confusing experience. But in life, to really flourish in life and to both have your feet on the ground and love, to fail and grow, we actually need all both of those capacities. And I think. And there's so many ways I could talk about what I've learned, but I think that, I think almost palpably, you know, picking up that ability to hold these seemingly opposing qualities in a creative interplay has kind of invited me to uh, cultivate that creative interplay in myself, even when it really is countercultural. And it's not even necessarily comfortable, right? It, but it's, I think it's the way to live. Folks, nowadays, most small business owners are busier than ever because they're focused on managing and growing their businesses. They can't be spending time recruiting and hiring people. That's why LinkedIn Jobs has made it easier to find and hire the best candidates for free. Back in the day when I was applying for jobs, there was no such thing as LinkedIn. It was terrible. You'd have to look through actual newspapers there was not a central source like LinkedIn jobs to which, in which, through which to apply and through which to hire. Oh, goodness gracious, how far we've come. That's right. So get started by posting your job for free to reach LinkedIn's network of 740 million professionals. Fill out targeted screening questions to get your role in front of the most qualified candidates with the experience, skills, and motivation you need. And then it's easy to filter and prioritize the top candidates you'd like to interview. LinkedIn Jobs will help you hire the right person for your role. Did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your first job for free at linkedin.com slash milkshake. That's linkedin.com slash milkshake to post your first job for free. 
Terms and conditions apply. Hey, milkshakers, listen, sun's out, bun's out, and hopefully any stray hairs are also not out. Don't worry, our friends at Manscaped have got you covered. They've just launched their fourth generation performance package. Reza, I've never been a big one for personal grooming, but recently I have had to pay attention to what is going on in this manly landscape of mine. But you seem pretty smooth. Underneath these clothes, I am silken smooth. No, I've got enough hair on my body to uh, fill like a fairly good-sized king-size pillow. The Performance Package 4.0 includes the new Lawnmower 4.0. This trimmer will change the way you approach your entire grooming routine. I have used it. It works fantastically. And it's also waterproof, so you can trim in the shower and not worry about your cleanup on aisle D. So folks, get 20% off and free shipping when you use the code MILKSHAKE at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping. And all you got to do is use the code MILKSHAKE when you go to manscaped.com. So tame that summer swamp in your pants with Manscaped. And yes, I just said that. So I wonder if, um, you know, all this thought that you have given to wisdom and all the wise people that you've spoken to, and uh, if there's sort of any really good advice that you could give to Rain and me <laughs> about, you know, because I feel like we're both we're both in that middle, like the later stages of our lives, right? I mean, I'm almost fifty. Rain is almost seventy. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Right. He looks great for 70, doesn't he? <laughs> he does. I mean, it's, yeah. uh, people say it all the time. Yeah. People are always like, Rain, you look amazing yeah. for 70. I am wise, but that <laughs> is, is not going to stop me from kicking your ass. Okay? <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, I mean, you know, this is something that, that Rain and I have been talking about. Uh, you know, the wisdom that we have accumulated over the last couple of years, the wisdom that we could maybe one day pass down to our children. What what advice would you give us for how we can foster wisdom more in our lives? Ah, uh, again, you're asking me these huge questions, but what comes to me? Oh, yeah, it doesn't feel that great to have the tables turned, <laughs> no, does it? it doesn't. Does, does it, Krista? Yeah. Much easier to ask big Take questions. That. I think a, a really basic move that you're that you're both making. But again, it's, it's countercultural and everything about the way we structure, we, our lives are structured, kind of, di- kind of works against this, which is to, to keep alive this, both the movement outward and the movement inward. And um, to, 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 Yes, look, you are, we are all, as you, somebody, one of you said, we're not, we're not monastics here, right? We are leading lives in the world. We're leading big lives in the world and also doing this multitasking of our personal lives and our professional lives. Um, But to, to cultivate this connection between inner life and outer presence in the world as a back and forth. Um, and I think for people like us, and even more so at your ages, because I think you're in the middle, I think at my age, which is really, I mean, getting older is, has a lot to, to, uh, to, to, to say for it. It's, you know, it's amazing. And it, gets, it starts to get a little bit less of attention for me. It does take me longer to pee, I have to say. But otherwise, yes. But in the middle of life, it's, it's hard to, to pay that attention to, to your inward life, to keeping alive a vision of what kind of human being you want to be, to getting conscious about what kind of muscle memory you need to flex to be that person. It's very, it's very moment to moment. Um, yeah, and it's a quality of attention. It's it's that a quality of attention and curiosity, even curiosity about yourself. You know, the, these are moral muscles, actually. Mm-hmm. That they take mm-hmm. effort. I love this whole idea that spirituality is not some kind of airy fairy, you know, mystical 
concept that doesn't have practical applications. And I've already heard a couple of things from you that uh, really uh, sparked my kind of spiritual imagination. Earlier on, you were talking about virtues that you one can train them. You know, one can just because you're impatient doesn't mean you can't become more patient. You can just put some focus and attention onto patience and cultivating that quality of patience within oneself. And then you just also said in your words of advice to Rain and Reza about them cultivating their, their wisdom, they keep alive the movement outward and the movement inward. And I, I think that's so beautiful because um, sometimes people think about like, well, living my best life is all outward. It's all about yeah. doing and it's all about solving and fixing and working and and increasing pay and status and um, and reaching outside of themselves. Sometimes it's selfish and sometimes it's selfless, but it's always an out external move. And then some to some people, kind of more in like the maybe the yoga communities, it's more just inward. Like spirituality is, I want some peace and serenity inside of myself, so I'm going to do this meditation practice or whatever. But those those two movements, they're kind of the yin and the yang, complementary movements, aren't in sync. But we're doing both at the same time. We're, we're doing more in the outside world, and we're doing more in the inside world. Yeah, and also something I want to say that has really been a new realization for me that it's so interesting in the history of the show, every once in a while, there's just some idea or theme that rises up and suddenly everyone I talk to is talking about it, even though they're completely different, they're coming from different directions. And the thing now is um, about, you know, that, that turn inward is, it's not, it's not ascetic. It's not, it's not about bearing down on being a good person. I mean, there's some of that, right? There's some of that saying, I am going to act more compassionate even if I don't feel like it. But the, the theme that's rising up now is this theme of joy and delight as resilience-making, life-giving experiences that even if we are going to devote our lives to pursuing justice, that we, and you know, this is a this is a teaching for our time, right? Because there's so much we can see that needs to be better. There's so much that needs to be fought or repaired, right? But the the wellspring of that needs to be knowing what we love, and it and also the work ahead is long, right? This is generational work ahead, this transformation that we that we need, and I think most of us long for, even if we don't know how to step onto it. And so another thing, another feature of that inner move needs to be that we let ourselves get re replenished and rested. Um, so some of it is about being kind inwardly, which is a relief. Thank you so much. Uh, uh, we're going to have a lot to talk about. <laughs> it's just beautiful. It's yeah. a beautiful way. To but end. we can't let you go yet because uh, it's time for the lightning round questions. Oh, I'm okay? really so, bad at these. I'm really bad at these. Every, everybody's bad at them. I don't know why we do it. It's mostly to torture people, I think. Krista Tippett, when do you feel most connected with the universe? When I'm with my children. Remember, my children are grown, so I'm not with them all the time. It's a special occasion. What's one thing you would change about yourself if you could? I would be less of a worrier. What is America? A great unrealized possibility. Okay, if Hollywood was making a biopic about your life, who would play you and what would it be called? <laughs> well, one day I want to write my Berlin novel and my Stasi file my Stasi files, which are this high, which were kept on me because they just, they thought I was much more interesting than I actually was. They gave, the, the East German Stasi gave me the name She-Wolf. That was my code name. Ooh. So the movie awesome. is called She-Wolf. Who would play this young version of you in, the, in their 20s uh, and uh, going through Checkpoint Charlie? Well, what about, um, how do you, Schwarzer Ronan? 
Oh, yeah, yeah that's a like, good one. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, I have actually, I can I, I, I'm going to confess to this because this is probably never going to happen. I have thought if I write my Berlin novel and it's a movie, I'd like her to play me. If you could live during any historical moment, which one would it be? This one. This yeah. one? Come yeah. on. This is an amazing All time right. to be alive. Uh, it, you know what's funny? Is yeah, actually, this is a very pivotal moment in human history yeah. that we're all living in. So it's actually a pretty good yeah. answer. Well, a question that goes hand in hand with that is: if you could have lunch with any author, past or present, who would it be, and why? Well, I'd like to have lunch with Einstein, but I suspect that he would be really disappointing to have lunch with. But I'd still like to try it <laughs> in his later, more philosophical years. He'd probably mm. be hitting on the waitress. <laughs> That's right. All right, if you could have coffee with the 15-year-old Krista Tippett, what would you tell her? Oh, I would tell her to let herself um, take pleasure and not be so driven. I would, let, I would tell her to, let, to enjoy when things are enjoyable. Let, that, let it be enjoyable. Have fun. Also invest in Apple. That's what you would tell 15-year-old Reza. <laughs> what is one eye-opening experience every person should have? Oh, no, you have stumped me. <laughs> I don't think there's anything everybody should have, honestly. Okay. Because yeah. I could Fair say enough. having children, but that's not something everybody should do. I mean, for me, you know, completely altered my DNA eye-opening. But I don't think, it, you know, I, don't, I wouldn't say everybody should do this. And then finally, what is your life's big question? Yeah, I don't know how to keep living gracefully. That's actually a really good one. That's a great one. I think you're doing an exceptional job of living gracefully. Thank you, Rain. That means a lot. Krista, as you know, I've been fanboying out on you and your podcast. And um, there, it looks like there's a, a new horizon ahead. So the On Being Project will be launching an app in early July. Uh, this is this is really uh, exciting. It's a, it looks like there's it's an interactive kind of experience with On Being. What is this new chapter of On Being? Yes, we're launching a wisdom app. Whoa! Yeah, it's exciting. It's connected to related to this conversation, and and it's course based. Um, and the first course is hope is a muscle, and. And it's to me, it's 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 speaking into this moment we are entering, coming out of this pandemic year. Uh, most of us, not everybody in the world, um, with all that we have been called to learn, and how do we hold on to the, how do we hold on to those questions, right, and keep living them? It's going to be really easy to default back. And how do we hold the highest visions we have for ourselves? and for our country, and for our children, and the places we live. And yeah, hope is a muscle. Um, and what I also love about doing with this, first of all, it's, it's, I get to be in the role of a teacher, which, I, which, I'm, which is fun, and I didn't know if I could do it, but I've really enjoyed it. But I'm teaching alongside the wise people who are in, on the show. And what I love about I, I'm excited about this. It's new. Um, is that everybody who's in the app that we're kind of going to be on, kind of walking this together, and and um, learning and taking kind of practical tools, practical ways to 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 live, hopefully, um, and pragmatically, and kind of doing it together. And people have always asked us, you know, people have always wanted us to take on being to another stage, right? Kind of give us something we can use and that we can do together. So that's the experiment with the app. What a great idea. So basically it's, you're taking the, the content from on being and then you're developing kind of like course-based uh, guided um, participatory experiences out of those um, out of that content. And it's, you know, it's 10 to 15 minutes of a wisdom practice, which is manageable. That's the max of my attention level right there. And then there's also a yeah. contemplative aspect to it. So 
we're kind of entering this wellness space in the app world, and there's a lot of good stuff there. Uh, most of it is about meditation, mindfulness, and sleep. And meditation and mindfulness are revolutionizing the world, but they there's more to wisdom, right, than than meditating. And so we're trying, you know, what I what I'm interested in is this matter of how we can cultivate becoming the people we want to be and creating some community around that. So that's the idea. It's called the On Being Project. On Being Project and the Wisdom app. Krista Tippett, it has been an absolute joy and honor to have you on the show. Thank you for joining us on Metaphysical Milkshake. Thanks so much. Thank you, guys. What an honor. Wow, I don't know about you, Rain, but uh, I feel wiser. Yeah, I'm none the wiser. You did, didn't help at all, right? No, that That's, was a great conversation. I got a lot out of it. That really, it sparked my imagination. It moved my heart. Um, what What did you, how do you feel wiser? What What, well, what happened for you? I mean, look, it's an unanswerable question. And we sure. admitted that it was an unanswerable question. What is wisdom? Uh, but then she went and answered it. And she answered it really well. And she also answered it in my favorite way. That any, any, anytime you're asked one of these like incredibly difficult questions, like what is faith? What is hope? What is love? What is wisdom? If the answer doesn't include some version of a thing that you put into the world, actions that you perform, right? Then I'm not interested in the answer. Mm. And I love that that was like her immediate thing, right? Her immediate mm. thing was, well, it's the imprint that you that you create. Mm. That's what wisdom is. Yeah. Um, it's what you do. And so the thing that really hit me was this kind of that it's a the the movement inward that then reflects outward. And I have to say, like if I'm thinking about, you know, uh not just like, you know, what I learned about this conversation, but what I've learned about, you know, wisdom or if I've become wiser over these last two years of living in this kind of COVID nightmare experience, um, it it is a little bit to do with that. Like to me, I feel like I'm sorry if I'm if I'm going on here for a little bit, but I'm used to it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'll I'll I'll, I'll let you talk eventually. <laughs> um, no, keep going. I'm interested. COVID happened in this really weird time for me because it was, you know, like a a year after the debacle with you know CNN and losing this show that I basically spent like ten years of my life you know putting together, uh, and then it was finally around that time where you know that had settled down and it was, you know, I felt like I could kind of uh, reemerge and kind of re-engage uh, with that world of like hosting. And then I had this sort of this talk show that we, that I was doing that we did a first season of, and then we couldn't do a second season of because of COVID. Like I felt as though the 16, 17 months or so that I kind of was forced to close everything down and go inward, professionally speaking, came out of at the wrong time. So outwardly, the outward came at the wrong time. But, and you and I have talked about this before, inwardly, this has been a really special time, you know, like knowing that that I can't be out there, that I can't get my face out there. And so learning to just kind of get rid of that and ignore that and then focus inward and just and also like focus on a laser on being like the best dad that I could be, the best husband that I could be. And then also like, it's kind of nice, like having my kids and my wife actually remark upon that. Like, wow, we we noticed something different about you. Wow. They um, got the benefit of yeah. this, uh, this wiser, more focused, more present Reza. I, I, I feel like I, and then now of course, as we're getting back out into the world, I, uh, I want to take that with me. So I feel like, yes, did I gain wisdom? Yes. Did I gain wisdom by sort of focusing on the movement inward? Yeah, I did. Am I ready for that inward movement to now express itself outward into the world? Yeah, I am. So I'm just saying that I, I think Krista Tippett would be proud of me. That's <laughs> That's great. That's great. What about you? What about you? Have you? Do you feel wiser over these last, uh, you know, year and a half or so? Is there some 
aspect of wisdom that you feel like you've gained based on what Krista has well, taught us? Yeah. Again, I want to go back to this idea about, she said, because I wrote it down on my little notepad, keep alive the movement outward and the movement inward. Yeah, that's, I and that too. When COVID first hit, I was like a kid in a candy store. I was really excited. I was so productive. Like, I wrote a whole scripted podcast. I wrote half of a book. I, you know, I was, I, I outlined a complete horror screenplay. Like I was just like chugging along. I did a talk show on soul pancake and, um, it, it was great. And then, you know, over the course of COVID really, I, I would say over the last like three to four months, like I've struggled. And mm. I think the lesson for me was kind of like, oh, I got a little cocky. I got a little arrogant. I thought I had my shit together and realizing like, oh, my, actually my mental health is a lot more fragile than, than I mm. thought it was. And there's been some real struggles in this last quarter of the pandemic that has, that has made me kind of stop, had to stop and say, okay, you need to stop focusing so much of your focus on the movement outward. And you need to start refocusing in your movement inward because mm. if we don't tend to that garden then it all goes to shit so it was it was kind of a good wake-up call for me like oh i need to tend to my inner garden of peace and that's prayer meditation some kind of practice self-care um reconnecting to my purpose in the world staying grounded um and just how important uh, that is for me, if I, if I want to have any movement outward. No, it's weird. So we, you know, we're kind of like meeting in the middle, aren't we? We are. Sort we of, are. Yeah. 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 It's beautiful. Look at that. It's beautiful. Well, um, what a fascinating conversation all around. Um, I got so much out of it and thank you, Krista Tippett for doing this deep dive with the metaphysical milkshake team. We'd love oh, yeah. to hear what you guys have to say. What, what is wisdom to you? And how specifically do you think we can get wisdom? And what wisdom have you potentially gotten over this last year, year and a half of this, of this horrible pandemic? We would love to hear from you. Isn't that right, Reza? You know, as you can imagine, we, uh, we got a lot of voicemails on the topic of wisdom. People had a lot to say about wisdom, but there's one that actually really caught our attention. We got a voicemail from a Mary Prunty. Uh, let's, let's take a listen to that. Hi, my name is Mary. I'm from Baltimore, Maryland. And I was thinking about what wisdom is, what the purpose of it is. And I was thinking about a sentiment that Oprah Winfrey mentioned in her super soul conversations about how the universe is constantly trying to give us wisdom by teaching us lessons. And that starts out whispering. And when we don't hear it, it gets louder and louder until we listen. However, she said that once we think that we've learned a lesson, that's when we need to keep learning it. Once you think you've mastered something, you're actually not there and you still need to practice what the universe has been teaching you. So I just kind of wonder where wisdom lies within that. Is it the process of learning? I used to think of it as an end point. And I think it's interesting to think about what is wisdom then? If it's something that we can never get to, is it a journey itself of experiencing things? Is it continual growth? Is it piling the messages from the universe together? And when do we actually ever reach wisdom? So that's what I've been contemplating. <laughs> um, for example. I have many, well, I'm running out of time, but I've had many experiences where I just keep learning what I thought I've already learned before and keep gaining more wisdom or what I think is wisdom. So thank you so much. I'm looking forward to hearing the episode. Have a great day. We love that voicemail so much. We called our producers and we're like, we have to get this Mary Prunty, whatever her name is, on the show. So $10,000 and two restraining orders later, she is here. We've got her on the show. Welcome, Mary. Hi. Wow. Yay. Hello. It's so great to be here. Thank you so much. The question you asked was really fantastic. And I loved this idea about talking about wisdom as a journey, as a process, rather than a destination and an end point. And that was a really beautiful perspective. Have you 
dealt with this yourself, Mary, in your personal life? You know, I feel like growing up, you hear wisdom constantly. Um, You say it's even like you learn at a young age that wisdom exists because it's like associated with like the wisdom of an owl. And then you hear about it in books. You always say you always hear listen to your elders because they have wisdom to share with you. And so I feel like it's kind of this thing you hear over and over, but you don't understand what it is until you start to experience something like that. Um, So I've been trying to grapple with my place in the universe. And in that, I've been trying to listen to the lessons. And um, along the way, when things have happened, I've been trying to figure out what am I supposed to learn from this, um, which is hard in itself to accept that you need to learn something from it because that means that you have to admit that you're kind of maybe doing something not wrong, but you could be doing something differently, or maybe you're not on your correct path at that very moment. So um, I've just been trying to figure out what I can learn from things, and but I'm scared to admit that I've learned them at the same time because of what Oprah says, that once you think you've learned something, that's when the universe is going to tell you, you haven't learned it yet. Um slow down and listen again because it will come back and you will have to learn more wisdom, whatever that means. So, you know, I appreciate the fact that you bring up uh, Oprah in this, or as I like to call her, my friend, Oprah. Uh-huh. Um, sure. I love what, you know, this whole idea that she has, she talks about it in a lot of different ways, not just in the context of wisdom, but in the notion of like, Learning to be at one with the universe, thinking of the universe as kind of like this river that's floating past and and to not sort of swim against the tide or to fight it, but to just kind of allow it to move you along, that that's how you know you're on the right path. That's now you know you're you're doing the right thing, that you're gaining wisdom. It's something that I, I actually think about a lot, but I was curious what you thought about Krista Tippett's point about wisdom being about the impact that you make on other people, right? That it's about, it's an active idea. It's a thing that you put into the world, um, not just a thing that you take from the world. I think that's a beautiful way to look at wisdom. And what I love about that is it's connective because I do believe that everything in the universe is connected. And so when you share your experiences in your life with other people and you share your wisdom with other people or lessons that if that is the wisdom, then you're giving the world a gift that it gave to you. Because, I mean, if you think about it, maybe wisdom doesn't even exist until you put it out there because I don't know what wisdom you have and that you could share with the world. I think about someone like like Oprah Winfrey, who has been through everything. And without her being vulnerable and sharing her experiences and leaving that impact on the world, we wouldn't have that wisdom. We wouldn't have all of the lives she's touched and all of the people she's impacted. And um, I wouldn't be here having this conversation with you guys if it weren't for the impact of her actions and both of your actions on Super Soul Conversations and everything. So I I think that's beautiful to think of it that way. Thank you for your wonderful question and your beautiful observations. And thanks for joining us on Metaphysical Milkshake. Thank you so much. <laughs> thanks, Mary. You know how to find us. We're on socials at Reza Aslan, at Rain Wilson. The show is on Twitter at Metamilk Podcast. It's on Instagram at Metaphysical Milkshake. Let us know, you know, shoot us a, shoot us a little message. Uh, tell us um, what you think about uh, Krista's definition of wisdom. Uh, and also tell us about other big questions that you want us to tackle on this show. And we might use them in future episodes. Mm-hmm. And remember to follow, rate, and review Metaphysical Milkshake on Apple Podcasts. Please write the little review. Just take, take a few seconds. If you like the show, it helps us a great deal. And, it's a uh, way to foster wisdom. That would, you will be so much the wiser for it. Uh, You can also subscribe to the Metaphysical Milkshake YouTube channel. And instead of listening, you can watch our episodes and watch us yapping away every week. You should do this because 
you know, we've been listening to Krista Tippett all, you know, for like two decades and like seeing her face, that was, that was fun, right? It was great. It was fun seeing her face. She's a lovely, lovely woman. That's what she looks like. Vivacious and bright and, and uh, we are not vivacious nor bright. No. But you can still look at us. Uh, But until then, uh, we'll see you next week. Metaphysical Milkshake is executive produced by Rain Wilson, Reza Aslan, and Colin Thompson. It's produced by Safa Samizadeh Yaz, Harris Lane, Mick DeMaria, Hashem Self, and DJ Lubel. Cast Media is the production and distribution partner. It is edited by Tyler Newbold and audio mixed by Justin Kyle. Original music is composed by Jeff Tang. I was on a TV show. I don't know if you know that. I heard. Friends, we all, we've all seen it. Every time I post... People are like, oh my God, he's so old. I'm like, guys, it is no longer 2007. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.